This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Dan Hanford. Thanks for being on the show, Dan. Thanks, Whitney. I really appreciate you having me back. You know, when you're getting started in this business, there's so many things that, you know, when people are talking, it seems like a foreign language in this, you know, multifamily syndication space. And so, you know, help us to, to get started. Yeah. So with the multifamily space, and even not just multifamily, but even just real estate in general, there is this language that I call that it's called like foreign language, right? And of course, my background is in multifamily investing in the, in the larger assets through our group. But with the foreign language, you know, when you're trying to learn a foreign language, Whitney, what's the best way to learn a foreign language? Go to that country, go to that place, wherever that's all they speak. And you, you have no choice but to just immerse yourself, d- dive right in, and, and that's all you hear. That's exactly right. I mean, what, what the key thing that you just said there was go, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times people think that they can just sit behind their computer and they're going to be able to, to be able to you know, learn and be able to network and be able to do all this kind of stuff. And it's not true. You've got to be able to get out. You know, and obviously we have that multifamily investor nation summit. And I thought about doing live events, but there's so many live events out there. And so I decided to start to bring people on to a virtual event. But then we also have a component of our virtual event. where We have some virtual networking opportunities at the same time. But the biggest thing that you said there was that I heard was is go, right? So you have to go and you have to immerse yourself in that culture, in that, that, in that language where everybody is speaking the same language. And so you have to be able to do that. And there's a couple of different ways to do that. So obviously going to an event is one way to do that, right? Where you actually are going to go to an event and you're going to immerse yourself into the content. And I would say go to multiple events. Okay. But once you start to go to probably, I mean, when you probably have been to just about as many as I have. So if you go to probably two, three, maybe four events, you're going to pretty much know the content that people are going to be providing at the event. I mean, most of the time when you and I go to a, go to a multifamily event, we're not going there for the content. What are we going there for? The network. To network, right? We're going there to network with other people and to be able to meet people. And obviously you go there too, because when you're doing your networking, you get to use this podcast as a, hey, let me let me invite you on the podcast. Yeah, that gives you that additional conversation to have with people. And you have immersed yourself in this language because guess what? You have this podcast. So you have this daily podcast where you have like totally immersed yourself in this language. And then you have to ask yourself, what are some other ways that you can immerse yourself in this language. And then I want to talk a little bit too, Whitney, about why you would want to immerse yourself. What's the point of all this, right? So first, you know, we said networking. So yes, going and having, maybe hosting your own meetup, maybe going in and actually going to various events and actually meeting people. Those are some great ways. Another good way to do it is, is to listen to your podcast. You guys talk about a lot of high level stuff. And for somebody who doesn't know the language, of multifamily will probably listen to this, not just multifamily, but syndication in general, will listen to this podcast and kind of go, I don't know what they're talking about. You know, what is this IRR and cash on cash and regulation A and reg D and, you know, tier one, tier two fund structures. And, you know, what, what is the difference between a $50 million fund and a $20 million fund? And 
which one of the five or six C's and B's can I advertise on versus not advertise? And well, how many accredited versus sophisticated investors can I have advertised? So all those things you hear about and you don't even know what an accredited investor is. <laughs> so you, you have to start to immerse yourself in this foreign language of syndication so that you can start to speak clearly about it. And so podcasts are a great way to do that. But every time you listen to a podcast, if you hear a word that you don't know what it means, you should write that down and go look it up because it'll help you learn the language of multifamily. You should go and learn the language to a point where you can start to teach other people about it. And that's actually a good way to do it. Like you mentioned, you know, you know, you go into our multifamily investor nation summit and getting a lot of content for your meetups. That's a great way to do it. Go watch the videos, learn the content, and then try to teach that to somebody else. That's when you really, really know that you, you, you have learned and you have understood something is so you can actually go and teach it to somebody else. No, that's a great point. If you know you're going to have to teach something, you're going to study it a lot harder. You're going to be thinking a lot different about that material as you're going through it. If you know you're, gonna, you're going to have to explain it to others. Another good way to, to teach it is, is to do some of the things that I've been doing in our multifamily investor nation group, just to the group in general, is you know I try to host regular webinars on various topics around multifamily. I'm providing value and giving back, but I'm also learning myself because I'm either bringing a special guest on and asking them very difficult questions and challenging questions, but I'm also doing my own webinars where I'm teaching around certain topics. And it allows me to be able to understand how much I know and also how much I don't know at the same time, right? You know, because the more you start to learn, the more you start to realize how much you don't really know. That's a good point. It's a good point. You, you get some confidence. You you feel like you're learning a lot, but then, yeah, something happens or somebody asks you a question that really makes you think about, okay, wait a minute, I need to dive back into this topic. So one of the other things that you can do is obviously talk about, you know, networking, live events, that kind of stuff, podcasts. And then also teaching that stuff with, you know, your own meetup groups and then teaching it with some of your own webinars and virtually and stuff like that. But you can also immerse yourself in this language by learning from, you know, online webinars yourself, you know, attending online webinars. You know, our group, Multifamily Investor Nation, has those weekly webinars that we do. So you can have that component. And all of them we put on our YouTube channel. So you can go to YouTube and not just follow us, but follow other people in multifamily and learn from them and learn from them interviewing other people and teaching you about various topics because you can learn a lot. I mean, even bigger pockets, going in there and reading some of those posts and providing some feedback and some value to those people allows you to better understand it because even... If you started when you first get started in this space, you're going to start to hear some terminology that you never heard before. I mean, you, even if you've got a lot of background in business or finance or whatever, a lot of times you're going to get this information that you have no clue what it is. You know, like what is the rent roll? What is the T12? What's the T3, T1, you know, T6? You know, what are all those different terms? What's the cash on cash? What's the you know annualized return with proceeds and annualized return without proceeds? And you know, uh, what's the what's the cap rate? What's the, the the LTV and all this other kind of stuff? All these are terms that you should be very well knowledgeable on. You should understand how each of them work. So you can also, when you're doing things like underwriting, you know how to, you know, use those numbers to be able to allow you to understand if you're, the deal you're getting into is a proper deal. But also when you start to talk to other people, it helps you understand that a little bit more as well. Our guest is Brian Perry. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Thanks a lot, Whitney. Great to be here. 
Brian, together with Health Pro Realty Group, has helped thousands of medical practitioners each save hundreds of thousands on real estate deals. He's a military veteran, an Ironman triathlete, and on his third career. I think he's about 150 years old. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, not at all. But man, he, he's accomplished a lot. And uh, grateful to have you on the show, Brian. Looking forward to hearing more about your story, uh, how you've done all this so quickly, but also you know how you're helping thousands to save thousands in, in real, on their real estate deals. But give us a little more about your background and how you got into this business, Brian. Yeah, well, it's been a long journey. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. But of course, I went in the military, deployed a few times, and then kind of said, okay, I want to see what it's like on the uh, normal people side of working in business. So worked in New York for a little bit, got a feel for that. I really wanted to be in finance because I think understanding numbers helps with anything you're doing in business. So I did that for a while, got my MBA, somehow fell onto a military recruiting site. And I looked down and I saw a commercial real estate. And I was like, you know what? A long time ago, I read a book by Donald Trump called Think Big and Kick Ass. Politics aside, I was like, man, why not see what that's all about? Ended up driving down from New York to Virginia, talking to him. And I was like, wow, this is like, this could be a good opportunity. And, you know, I've been here since. Wow. So tell us, you know, a little bit about what you're doing specifically in real estate and just what your job model, you know, the model is and business that you do. Great. So in commercial real estate, I feel everyone has some kind of specialty they work on. And our specialty is healthcare. So since about 96, we've been helping dental, medical clients, big and small, either start up their practice, you know, renew their lease. We do everything from finding the right location to having the team and expertise to uh, get them the best deal. Obviously, saving money is a huge deal, but also because we've been doing this so long, we understand the nuances of the business, which I think is highly valuable. And I continue to learn a ton because at first you think real estate is not all that. You're like, oh, well, you're just buying, selling, acquiring, doing acquisitions. You might think it's dollars and cents, but in reality, there's a ton of nuances and you provide a ton of value to clients. And once you realize that, you become more of like a giver in the business. How do you market yourself to that kind of client? Well, I will tell you, I have been on LinkedIn and I knew first off that more than likely doctors are not going to <laughs> be on LinkedIn as much. They're just not business people. Not They're very smart, but they're not on LinkedIn as much. You know, They're embedded in their career. So what I do is basically what I think a lot of people in the business tell you to do. I make cold calls. I've hired somebody to make some calls, test out a few things, very politely call up. I've handed out flyers. And a lot of times it might be connecting through somebody the company knows, in a sense, the warm intro and also networking with, uh, I was just talking with someone that does, what does she do? Like helping with malpractice and these other attorneys. And, you know, once you get comfortable with someone, the referrals come in. And I was just referred a big client in New York that is pending, but I'm very hopeful. So a lot of different avenues. Nice. 
Yeah, no, that's some great advice there. It's just that, you know, as the, the listeners also building their investor base of, of doctors or whoever, it's interesting just to get your take on how you're finding these people and that they're, you know, thinking that they're thinking through that they're not business people. They don't have time to spend, you know, an hour on social media every day most of the time or don't want to spend it there. So you, but you're finding other ways to find them and to reach out to them. And I imagine there's listeners that are trying to do the same thing. Tell me about how you're helping them, you know, find real estate deals. And maybe you can dive in a little bit to the types of properties they're looking for. I know we have some listeners who are uh, who are into the medical real estate space, you know, and I think that may be really good for them to know. So the latest info, I'm always, you know, trying to figure out where how the market is going. And basically healthcare medical buildings, mobs they call them, are a very good and safe investment. So um, in the market, there's interest by private equity and small groups to kind of buy up these smaller practices because they do offer a good return, like they're a good business. In terms of finding the space we do, we use CoStar to kind of see what's going on in the area. And there's a lot. There's retail sphere. Somebody reached out to me from there. There's a lot of different ways to go about finding the space isn't the hardest thing in a sense. It's more finding the right space, you know, going in there, making sure it's a good fit for them, making sure the price is there, their equipment can go in there, you know, it's compliant with handicap regulations and everything. But, and then there's all these nuances. So for instance, you know, I almost thought I was going to walk away from a startup deal that from the beginning of Corona, because at the end, you know, I was told something that, I didn't know from the doctor in the beginning. And there's always these things that could totally break a deal. And the lawyer on their side was like very opposed to this new request. But sometimes you have to send that walk away email and say, you know, we've tried everything. You know, we're not willing. We can't do this for his practice because it's a 10 year lease. So you're really signing on for that location. So if you want something and it's really important, then you have to you know, stand your ground and eventually they might come around. If it's not a main deal point during that negotiation, then you know, it might just be a lot of tough talk from the other side. So tenant representation is fun because the landlord is not your enemy. It's just like you're trying to make sure you understand both sides so that you're getting the best deal, basically. Yeah, you know, if we have a medical office space and we are, you know, leasing it, you know, finding a tenant, what's our best avenue for finding that perfect tenant? You know, maybe you can speak to that person a little bit. The landlord always has somebody that's representing them. A lot of times these medical clients and doctors don't realize that the landlord representative does not work for them. (laughs) So their job is to get the best deal. So most of the time it's you're dealing with the landlord and the attorney and the broker, but they're on the other, the landlord side of the table and they're going to give you a deal. But if you don't know how to negotiate that deal or what the market rate is, it's very difficult to, because you don't know if you got the best deal. And that's why we have comps. We're going to look at comps. I look at, there's actually really cool data. I know people have their own opinion about CoStar, but you know, you can do a stress case You can look at all past, go back to the financial crisis, look at those numbers. And then we also know what landlords are thinking because we've had these relationships for so long. So that's why we really advise that they do reach out for, for their real estate stuff. 
Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 